Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Business Growth Show, where we talk about all components of business and how to utilize them for exponential growth. My name is Nathan Cassiotis. I'm a business growth strategist where I help business owners grow, scale, cut costs, and increase profit. And today, I have an awesome guest. He's an award-winning business coach, author of 19 best-selling books, international speaker, business growth, and technology entrepreneur. He started his first business at the age of 19 and has been building companies ever since. One of those companies is now a multi-million dollar enterprise, which has enabled him to become an avid investor, charity supporter, and travel with his wife, Catherine, and two sons to more than 85 different countries. Welcome, Dale Beaumont, and thank you for being on my show. Yeah, thanks so much. Good to chat. Yeah, awesome, mate. I'm sure it's going to be awesome for and amazing. You're so much value for everyone watching and listening today. So you're a very successful entrepreneur. So first, do you want to maybe just share a little bit about um, you know, yourself and, and your journey? Sure. So I uh, had a lot, grew up in, in Sydney, had a lot of energy as a, as a kid. Um, and so my mum put me into the sport of uh, gymnastics, started at the age of six and uh, by the age of uh, 11 was training 36 hours a week in the gym on top of going to school. So I learned a lot of lessons from my sporting career, hard work, discipline, delayed gratification. But the most important thing I learned was uh, the value of having a coach. And so that just kind of stuck with me. Um, and so uh, when I finished my sporting career at the age of 18, the next thing that occurred to me was I need to find coaches for the next phase of my life. And that kind of led me to uh, meeting people like uh, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Rob Proctor, um, Brandon Bays, uh, and a whole bunch of other um, kind of like personal development um, and, and mindset kind of gurus. And so I started attending all their courses and workshops. And that's what inspired me to start my first business uh, when I was also 19 years of age. Um, and basically, I've been an entrepreneur ever since. So that was 21 years ago. Uh, today, we have um, seven different uh, companies that collectively do around $10 million a year in, uh, in revenue, uh, built up a substantial property portfolio and uh, love to travel. So I've been married now for um, nearly 18 years this year. <laughs> so uh, quite some time. I've uh, got two boys, 14 year old, 11. And uh, yeah, we love to travel. So as you mentioned, I've uh, been to about 85 countries now and uh, we're uh, hoping to get to 100 within the, the next uh, two years. So yeah, that's a little bit about my kind of journey. Uh, a couple of uh, highlights, written a bunch of books along the way, 19 books uh, and counting. And uh, yeah, I've coached now um, more than two and a half thousand uh, businesses in the last uh, 15 years. So it's been an amazing journey and I just love helping people. My mission is to help as many people as possible to build the business uh, of their dreams. So I'm looking forward to chatting about how we can help more people to do that. Yeah, awesome, mate. Amazing story. And I love how you got in early and um, yeah, made things happen even from a young age. And yeah, it's all, uh, you know, momentum effect and everything of where it's taken you now. And I'm sure it'll continue to grow um, over time. And um, yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to hearing about all these countries as well. I'm looking forward to getting to a few more, mate. So that's awesome too. Um, so let's start a little bit more from the start, right, initially, because some people might be you know, an entrepreneur that's at an you know early stage in their business, you know, either it could be by themselves or maybe they just got a very small team. What do you think are maybe some key foundations, you know, that they need to be aware of and, and implement to make sure that they have a yeah strong foundation in their business as well? 
Sure. It depends on, um, you know, how far we want to kind of like go back in terms of like absolute starting point, like, or whether they've kind of already started it. But at the end of the day, first of all, you've got to make sure that your, your business, your product or service is going to fill the need in the market. The worst mistake that any entrepreneur can make is building something or creating something that no one wants. So you have to make sure that there's a need, uh, there's a market for what it is that you are selling. Um, so you need to have a product or service. You need to have a market that wants that product or service as well and you also need to have some type of point of difference something that makes your business unique because chances are uh, if you're going into a, a market there is other people out there that are doing something perhaps similar and there should be competition is actually a good thing it proves that there's actually demand for the product or service that you're offering when people sort of say I'm going into a, you know a, a business and I'm the first person to create this uh, idea it's a completely new idea I get actually a little bit uh, a little bit scared because it means that if a market doesn't exist there's no demand and if you're going to be trying to launch a, a new product or service where there is no demand already that's that's really really hard so competition is actually a good thing it means that there is there's already uh, a demand for what you've uh, offering but now you just have to be different uh, in some way um, to everyone else so you have to have some type of uh, point of difference and there's different ways to kind of like niche and we can kind of get into that uh, later on but then once you obviously have um, got a product or a service that people want and then you need to how do I generate leads so that's kind of uh, one of the problems that you've got to solve in business and then once you generate enough leads it's like then the next problem is how do I convert those leads into customers we'll call that sales so then you have to learn about how to sell and then once you've then you know sold something you've basically made a promise now you have to fulfill that promise you have to deliver their value uh, of your product or service and then that comes down to your delivery and um, customer service and your operations and making sure that you're able to um you know to then manage your the uh, the doing part of your business successfully and if you get really good at marketing and sales and you, you're uh, now at the point whereby you probably can't do everything on your own so you need to start building systems growing your team so we could talk about that as well and then once you start uh, hiring staff you then become a manager and a leader so that's a whole other conversation um, you've also got finance to kind of worry about making sure you're getting paid for the work that you're doing understanding what a uh, profit and loss is what a balance sheet is uh, cash flow statement to make sure that you're actually making money and and and, uh, and profitable uh, you know these days you have to have a website so that's another uh, thing that you're going to to need probably a social media presence as well and then using some type of uh, technology to run your business like a good CRM system some type of project or task management software as well uh, would be important a place to store all of your intellectual property and systems and procedures how you do uh, what you do and then some type of uh, you know management structure um, to make sure that all of your your business kind of runs uh, smoothly so uh, they're just uh, some of the ingredients um, that it takes to grow a successful uh, business you know as an entrepreneur you're probably wearing at least five if not ten hats uh, and your success is going to come down to making sure that you have a good level of skills in each of those areas uh, if you're going to be um, successful yeah, love it, mate. Very awesome, broad topic there, but specific about what everyone needs. And um, yeah, really touched on all those key points. I love it. So let, yeah, let's delve into a little bit more detail now um, and talk about marketing. I think marketing is really the first main step, right, is to be able to attract, you know, the right leads to us initially. And, you know, we can do a marketing plan and things like that. So how are we actually going to, you know, attract these um, quality leads, right, into our business as well? So do you want to maybe go a little bit deeper into marketing and, and what should we be including in this plan and, you know, how to get those, those people coming to us 
Yeah, sure. And I think that everyone should have a, a marketing plan and marketing plans can be really kind of scary and intimidating and take a long time. So I developed like a process called the, the 90 minute marketing plan where anyone can put together a marketing plan for their business in about 90 minutes and actually give people a template, which is five pages that they can fill out. And if they, once they have the template and the training, they can go through it in about 90, 90 minutes. I'm happy to offer that to anyone for free, actually, that's part of uh, this particular um, watching this um, podcast now or watching this particular uh, video, you can go to our website, businessblueprint.com forward slash training, and you'll, you'll be able to see um, a link for the 90 minute marketing plan workshop. So uh, when you go through that workshop, there's a few different components uh, to it. Clearly a big part of marketing is, is actually knowing who you are marketing to. We could call that your target market, your perfect prospect. Sometimes in marketing, we call this your kind of avatar and you need to really understand who this person or who this group of people um, are. And there's different ways to then um, work that out. There's the demographics, uh, something like their, maybe their gender, their age, their location, you know, their profession, their income levels, um, you know, their, their hobbies, uh, where they hang, hang out, what types of groups do they belong to, etc. That's all the kind of stuff that is, um, that is very tangible, things that you can actually uh, measure. So that's all the demographics. And then there's the psychographics. And psychographics is the stuff like what's going on inside their head. What are the they think feeling and they're things like what are their what are their wants what are their problems what are their uh, fears what are their aspirations and it's really understanding the mindset and psychology because before we marketing is all about making sure that we're able to uh, enter the conversation that they're already having inside their mind. They need to feel that we truly understand who they are and their their goals, their desires, their fears and frustrations. Because only when they feel understood uh, will then they be then attracted to uh, what you have to uh, to offer. Um, so we get into all of the the the, um, the psychology, the um, the demographics and psychographics, and then from there we can start putting together um, some marketing material, and that could be in the form of um, you know, words or videos or, or kind of images that really speak specifically to the people that we want to attract. And then from there, uh, we'll then create something called a lead magnet, which is um, a free resource that we're going to offer people that may be interested in your product or service. And then from there, we'll need some way of, of uh, capturing those leads, putting them normally into some type of a CRM system. Then we also need some way of converting them uh, into to customers. Um, and then we also would need to, once we've got that in place, uh, we're able to attract the lead, convert a lead, and then obviously support that, uh, that lead through your your um, kind of uh, delivery journey, then it's all about scalability, right? If you can put like five people through a system, you can put 50 people through, you can put 500 people you can put through, you can put 5,000 people through, so then it just becomes a scaling issue. So then how are you going to then generate enough traffic um, to your um, to your offer? And there's uh, probably more than you know 30 or 40 different ways that you can generate leads these days. So it's a matter of uh, finding out what are the three or four best channels for you um, and, uh, and then basically uh, focusing on those those channels to then drive that traffic to your website uh, and then you have your um, sort of automated system that then co collects the leads nurtures those leads converts those leads and then turns them into uh, to customers as well that's a very high level kind of overview uh, with regards to marketing but if people go through that that workshop um, the 90 minute marketing plan yeah they can have basically a, a marketing plan uh, for their business in just uh, 90 minutes so that's a really good place to start um, in order to um, you know, develop your, your marketing approach.
Yeah, awesome, mate. Love that. All those uh, key areas, which are so important. And, you know, one thing I'm seeing now in marketing a lot now is, is about touch points, right? Is that we're needing a lot of touch points to be able to, you know, allow our, you know, prospects or um, clients to then, you know, know, like, and trust us. Um, it's becoming more and more these days. So, you know, when we get them and we're nurturing those leads, like you were talking about, um, a lot a lot may drop off initially, right? Because they, they don't have that initially. So we may have these people in our database, I guess, that may not buy straight away, um, but they're still there. They're still interested in what we're doing. So do you want to maybe talk a little bit about, okay, well, how do we sort of capture these people and how do we sort of continue to nurture them um, or, or bring them from being cold, out in the cold type of thing to being more warmer and interested again um, and to working with us at the same time. So we can really maximize, I guess, you know, all of those people we have in our, in our database, in our system as well. Yeah, sure. And just to give people some sort of terminology to, that we can all uh, agree on. So first of all, we, you know, we have to uh, define, um, so who is the target market that we want to go after? Then f we have to attract those people. So the whole attraction kind of like piece. Uh, and then from there we have to capture. So that's one of the big points that I want to stress that the number one goal of your marketing is to really capture leads because only they say that 2% of people will ever buy on first exposure. Um, the majority of people will need to, you know, see and hear from you at least five, six, seven, ten 10 times. Um, so we want to have, like you saying, as many touch points as we can, but we to, to deliver those touch points, we need to capture. So we need some way of capturing uh, leads. So to do that, we normally have a lead magnet. Uh, that could be a free ebook, a free uh, checklist, uh, some type of template, or it could be a buyer's guide, or it could be a, a, a quiz or a report. Um, there's more than a dozen different types of, uh, of lead magnets that you can create. Um, and so um, if we had more time together, I could you know, kind of go through more examples, but that's kind of enough to get you kind of thinking. You create a lead magnet, which is some resource that you uh, offer. If you have a look, for example, at businessblueprint.com, you can see one of our lead magnets is the ultimate marketing checklist. So that's a, a checklist that we've put together. It's like got over a hundred points there um, to improve your, uh, your marketing. That's an example uh, of a lead magnet. So your number one goal of your marketing is to capture leads because if they leave, they, they probably will never come back. So you've got to make sure that you're capturing leads. Then from there, it's all about convert. So once we then define, once we attract, once we capture, then we need to convert. Now, um, what we want to do is we want to try and use tools um, that can do some of the, or perhaps all of the selling for us, uh, rather than you having to pick up the phone and talk to every single person and take them from knowing, you know, kind of like nothing to buying, um, that's going to take you a long time. What we want to use is we want to use scalable tools such as email autoresponders or videos, SMS, maybe a direct mail piece, a Magalog, there's different types of things that you can do um, to then uh, help people to understand who you are, what problem you solve, uh, what are the benefits in working with you, what's your backstory, like why, how did you even get into this? People are oftentimes curious, uh, not just, you know, who, what the product or service is, but who are they buying from these days? So people have to get to know you as well and the person that's delivering this product or service. And then they also need to understand, well, like if they've got fears or concerns or objections, you should know what they are and be addressing all of those as well. And then help them to, like, how do I get started? How do I take the next?
step, how do we buy? So you take people kind of on a journey um, to get them to, like you said, if you want to simplify it, know you, like you, and trust you so that they can uh, buy from you. And uh, and that would be a, an automated follow-up series. Normally we, we recommend somewhere between seven to 10 touch points or emails uh, over a period of say 30 days. Um, that would be kind of like the minimum. Some people want to go further 60 or 90 days and you can certainly do that. Or some people go a bit sort of like shorter. It just depends on what it is that they're selling. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to wait 30 days before you sell to someone. Sometimes people make up their mind within a day, two days, three days. That's fine. Um, but the majority of people will probably need to be um, observing you for maybe a week, two weeks, three weeks before they're then ready to buy your product or service. Now, if your price point is less than $500 or $1,000, it's quite possible for you to acquire a lead, nurture that lead through emails and, and videos, and then someone's basically goes, like, I need this product or service, I trust this person, I understand the benefits to me, I want to buy, they click on a link, they go straight to an order page, they put in their credit card details, and they buy your product or service without ever having to talk to you. You can almost automate um, the entire um, sales and marketing process. However, if your price point is, is higher, like maybe selling a five grand, 10 grand, 50 grand uh, product or service, um, then people uh, will most likely um, book an appointment um, to have a chat with you, to talk to a human and to get their final questions kind of like answered um, before then um, basically being in a position to, uh, to, to buy. Um, but we use the uh, autoresponders, the, uh, the nurture sequence that we create um, to do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. So by the time we do have a sales call in terms of readiness to buy, you want to make sure that your your time is spent with people that are already a seven, eight, nine, or a 10 in terms of level of interest. You don't want to be spending all of your time with people that are a one, two, or a three, because all that means is that, that you're just having to spend a lot of time people that just aren't that interested in what you have to sell. Um, so that's just a simplified kind of like way of trying to help you to make more sales um, by having um, less sales conversations. You're using tools and using technology um, like a good CRM system and emails and, and, and videos now and good copy uh, to do a lot of the selling for you. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Love that um, deep dive and uh, different ways of how we can do it. I'm sure there's a huge amount of value there for everyone. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about the system side of things, right? Because you're mentioning a few of these and I think it's, it's a great one because you know, we can't do everything ourselves and, you know, we could hire a hundred people in the business, but what, what, why do we need to hire all these people if we can get systems to do it for us? Um, so you mentioned a few key ones, you know, maybe um, mention them specifically and maybe, maybe even some examples of some things of what we can do so that we can really um, get our business into like a well-oiled machine, so to speak as well. Yeah, sure. Okay. So every business probably needs um, at least three kind of like core tools um, to run their, their business. So every business needs a good CRM. That stands for customer relationship management. It's a tool where you're going to put in all of the uh, information about uh, all of your, your prospects, your leads, your, your customers, uh, your past customers, um, all the details around what people buy, what their needs are. Um, so a good CRM system. There's different ones out there like Entreport, ActiveCampaign, um, Clavio if you're an e-commerce uh, business, Copper is another good one if you're B2B. So there's different ones that are that are out there. Um, then from there, every business needs some place uh, or location where they store all of their systems, all of their 
uh, knowledge, all of their uh, policies and, and procedures. So that could be something like Google Sites or SharePoint or Trainual or uh, Teamwork Spaces, um, Way We Do, Systems Hub. There's lots of different tools out there for that particular application. And then every business will need some type of task management, job management, project management software for managing all of the individual tasks and to-dos for you and also anyone that works for you as well. So you have one central location where all of the, the tasks and recurring tasks go. Um, so for that, you could use something like uh, teamwork.com, you could use uh, Asana, you could use Trello, uh, you could use Basecamp. There's different tools that are kind of out there, but every business will need those three. So CRM, place to store your systems and a place to manage all of the tasks and to-dos within your business. Then there are other smaller, you know, sort of systems that are, that are out there that you also uh, need, um, but they're the kind of three that uh, I think are the most important for every business. Yeah, love it, mate. Thanks for delving into that and giving some great examples for everyone to look further into. And, you know, I think the interesting one, um, especially as we're growing in the business, is obviously we need people to help us, right? We need to hire um, people now. There's a difference between hiring them, like as an employee within our business, versus like outsourcing, you know, and getting contractors or other ways like that for certain functions and tasks. Do you want to maybe talk um, a little bit about the differences there and, you know, maybe what's some key things that we could be outsourcing that we don't necessarily have to hire um, within our business as well? Yeah, sure. So basically, just to start at the, you know, the beginning, um, if you... Uh, one of my mentors, a guy called John Maxwell said, if you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain. Uh, and what that means is um, like, you, if you want to build a small business, you, you can build a very small business on your own, but you can't build a great business, can't build a big business, you know, on your, on your own. You need to have a team, you need to have help. If you're doing everything, you, most people will basically max out their income at about two, three, four hundred thousand $400,000. And after they pay all their bills and expenses and and all their costs, they're probably not making more than, a, you know, maybe eighty dollars to $100,000 a year. So if you want to go on to make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars every single year, then the only way to do that is through a team. So basically, you need help. Um, you need to get some help, and ideally as soon as possible. Now, the first person that everyone should hire is a virtual assistant. Um, you can hire a virtual assistant for six, seven, eight dollars an hour, um, and they can be doing a whole bunch of things that uh, right now you're doing, but it's just not the best use of your time. Now, I've got a checklist that I'm happy to actually give you this checklist if you want to share it with you know anyone that's listening um I'll, I'll, i'm happy to, to to give it to you you can maybe put it in the show notes or something like that um, i've got a checklist now of 160 different tasks that you can add a virtual assistant so you can go through that list and you can tick off all the ones you want to start to uh to let go of uh, most people will find at least 30 if not 40 or 50 different things that they can start outsourcing immediately that will then help you to buy back your time. And then once you've got more time, then you can invest that into uh, other more important activities like growing your business. Then from there, it depends on the type of business you have to where you go to next. Uh, if you have like, for example, a local business, whether you are you know, a hairdresser or you're running a landscaping business, then you're gonna need to hire local people to do those uh, jobs. Um, and maybe a couple of people in um, say the Philippines, virtual people to be doing a lot of your admin or maybe finance or helping you with your website, your SEO, all that type of uh, stuff. Um, but then if you've got a business that's perhaps a web design firm or a consulting firm, if you don't have to see your clients face-to-face, -face, if you don't have to work from a fixed location, you can run your business from, from home, for example, then you can actually have more of your team uh, in, the, in the Philippines. And you might have then grow a team of three, five, or 10 uh, people in the Philippines um, and they, they do some of your core uh, functions. And then you, 
you still can hire local people uh, if you want to as well, but it just depends on the type of business that you have to where your team is. I believe everyone should have a combination of both, both local staff in the, you know in your city or office and then have virtual staff as well. But the percentage breakdown, whether it's 50, 50, 60, 40, 70, 30, 90, 10, will t uh, come down to the type of business that you uh, have. But yes, you definitely want help and you, you want to be using the power of virtual assistance to help you to get more stuff done faster. Yeah, awesome, mate. Love that. And uh, yeah, love the breakdown of uh, different things of what, what we can do and um, yeah, getting them all involved as well. And, you know, what we've talked a bit about before as well is knowing our numbers, right? It's very important, crucial in our business, um, you know, from the, the finance perspective, you mentioned, you know, the profit and loss, the balance sheets, the cash flow statements, um, but uh, alongside that as well as I guess the KPIs, right? Like what are the numbers that we need to be looking at and what numbers do we need to be hitting in our business so that we hit our, you know, revenue and profit goals um, and things like that as well. So do you want to maybe talk a little bit about these things and what should we be focusing on, um, you know, measuring so that we, um, yeah, be able to grow our business? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the easiest thing to kind of measure at the beginning is just your top line revenue. Um, just making sure that you're bringing in, you know, as much kind of like money as you can. But then you also want to, depending on what type of business you, you have, you, you need to kind of know what your, uh, you know, break even point is um, because every business is going to have sort of like expenses. And so you want to uh, make sure that you know what your you, uh, what your break-even point is uh, and also to have some type of goal with regards to profitability uh, as well because you don't want to be just you know working really really hard making a lot of money but then spending it spending it all uh, as well uh, so you can talk to your accountant and, um, and they can kind of help you to uh, they should be giving you financial reports on a weekly weekly basis or a monthly basis um, get a good bookkeeper that's really important um, you shouldn't be doing your bookkeeping yourself uh, there's a company that I use called financialfanatics.com um, so you can if you want a good bookkeeper you can check them out they will basically help you with your uh, bookkeeping um, so you've got uh, up-to-date records um, so you can really run your business better knowing that you're actually profitable and making money and then you also would need to have a good uh, accountant um, as well and then depending on the type of business that you have there are other KPIs that you might like to measure how many people come to your website what's your um, how many um, kind of leads are you getting what is a lead and and doing a um, bit of a definition around that then what's your average dollar sale what's your conversion rate from lead to sale what's your lifetime value of a customer for example what's your retention or churn rate um, so all of these things are things that you will start to add and measure uh, in time and uh, I'd recommend probably you know, everyone at some point, you know, has a business coach. You should be working with a business coach and a good accountant and a good bookkeeper as well to be helping you uh, with learning all of these uh, things as well. Because there's two ways to do anything in life. One is to do it on your own. Uh, that's just going to take you probably 10, 20, 30 years uh, to get to where you want to go. But if you've got a good coach, someone that's been there and done what you want to do, they could show you how to achieve your goals, you know, 10 times, 20 times faster. So that's probably my biggest secret to success is get a good good coach, invest in yourself, invest in your education and be around people um, that are where you want to be. Yeah, love it, mate. So true. Definitely completely agree with all of that as well. And, um, you know, I guess... And now a big thing that's happening now is events, right? Now, during COVID, um, there's a lot of, you know, virtual events um, that were happening, um, you know, because we couldn't really see anybody. And now it's opening back up. And I know you're doing some, you know, in-person um, events now. And obviously there's hybrid events that we can be doing as well, where it's in-person, but, you know, on Zoom uh, or similar as well. So do you want to maybe just share a little bit about from your experience about what you found, I guess, the differences between them and maybe what you're preferring and, and why as well to allow us to then, you know, uh, be able to reach more people and help more people. People as well in our businesses 
Yeah, sure. So certainly, um, I think any, any business, um, you know, can, uh, events, running events, uh, even if they're for like, uh, clients, uh, or, uh, for, if you're running a retail business as well, put on an event, get, get kind of prospects or clients together. Uh, you might even want to have like a closed door event for just your, you know, top kind of like clients, but people, people want to connect and people want to, you know, a reason to kind of like, you know, come together and be part of, of something. So we run lots of events where we connect with uh, business owners uh, all over Australia uh, and New Zealand, but it's a strategy that anyone can really use in their, in their business. Uh, however, um, as a result of, uh, of COVID, um, there are more and more people running online events. And so I think online events are great as well. You don't have to physically be in the same room anymore. You can just click a button, you can be on Zoom, and you could be meeting up with uh, a group of, of clients uh, or prospects um, in a virtual uh, environment. So we run both. Uh, we run in-person events and we run um, online events as well. And uh, it's a strategy that uh, I now sort of teach my clients as well about how they could leverage the power of events in order to, uh, to grow their, uh, their business. Yeah, awesome, mate. Eh? Thanks for sharing. And um, yeah, good to do a bit of both. And good to be in the room with people again. I'm sure everyone will agree, um, which is nice to connect as, as humans. Um, and probably just on top of that is about speaking, right? I think speaking is a skill that, you know, we almost master uh, to be an effective communicator as well as, you know, connecting uh, with more people. So, um, you know, I guess if we're doing an event, you know, we're, we want to be doing better with speaking. Obviously, the more we do it, the, the better we get as well. But what tips could you maybe give us, you know, to be better speakers, um, you know, being a seasoned speaker yourself? <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so this is a big, big topic. I could uh, talk about this. I've done like a 90 minute workshop before about how to, uh, you know, how to become a, a great uh, public public speaker. Um, look, I, I think um, part of it is 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 just being passionate about what it is that you you do. Uh, I think uh, when you're passionate about what you do, it's, um, you know, makes things so much easier. But then it's also about, you know, knowing your, your your stuff. And I'm sure that everyone here is an expert kind of at what they do and has a lot of knowledge about their, their product or service. Uh, and then it's really about um, not focusing on you, focusing really on them. You're here to serve uh, other people. And I think that, uh, you know, as a speaker, oftentimes people feel so self-conscious about what are other people going to think of me? Um, they're not thinking of you. They're thinking of themselves and their issue and their lives and their problems and their challenges. And so when you're on stage, you should not be focusing on you. You're thinking about them. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I save them time? How can I save them money? How can I help them fix their, their problems, get to where they want to go faster? So, um, it's really should be less about, you know, I've done this and I've done this and I've done that too, you know, um, basically talking about their issues and their problems and their situation and, and being there to uh, uh, serve them. Um, and, and then it's really just about being more of kind of like, you know, who you are and coming up with your own sort of like signature style that works for, for you. Some people like uh, are more energetic and, and are going to move their hands around a lot and, uh, you know, kind of like get people involved and other people are going to be, you know, um, more, more quiet and, and, um, and more conservative. And that's fine too. I think it, the best thing is to just be more of who you are. Don't try to be someone else because it will just come across as, as weird and people will just feel uh, uncomfortable because people know, you know, when someone's being their real self and you know, when someone else is kind of like faking it, um, you just can kind of like tell. So, um, I would just sort of recommend that, that people, um, be more of, you know, who they are and just, 
put the focus on the audience and focus on I'm here to help, I'm here to, to uh, serve. And uh, that's probably enough with the you know two minutes of, of time that I've got to answer this very big question. Yeah, awesome, mate. No, thank you for that. I think um, there's a little few tips, uh, you know, especially focusing on them. I think it's a big one, like you said, right? To, to get people just, even those little mindset shifts can be a big difference in uh, how we're delivering our speaking. And yeah, so much value um, here today, Dale, in, in the short time that we've had with you. Um, love it all. And I guess um, as we're wrapping up today, um, yeah, what one key piece of advice would you give to all of the entrepreneurs uh, watching and listening today? Yeah, like a lot of people have asked me, you know, what's the secret to to your, to your success or what are your you know biggest tips? For me, it comes down to three things. Number one, you've got to be prepared to invest in yourself and your education. Uh, number two, you need to have a coach or uh, a um, you know mentor to, to help and guide you. And number three, you need to um, be conscious of your environment. The people you surround yourself with uh, will play a critical role in your uh, success. So they're my three kind of biggest tips. I think if you get those three things right, you invest in yourself, you get a good coach and you're around people that'll lift you up, um, then everything else will start to uh, fall into place. Yeah, love it, mate. So true. Very, very powerful stuff there. Completely agree. And yeah, we connected through our network where I learned about your awesome journey from starting your first business at 19 to writing 19 best-selling books to then, you know, now recently launching a business blueprint. Uh, you know, you're an awesome guy and I'm sure you continue to help businesses grow. And I'm very grateful um, that we connected and I look forward to working with you in the future. So Dale, how can uh, people find you, get in contact with you? Yeah, sure. Best thing would just be to go to my uh, website. Um, it's businessblueprint.com. Businessblueprint.com. There you can um, subscribe if you want to get our uh, free marketing checklist, which is a really awesome document. It actually comes with a video as well about how to complete the checklist, which is pretty cool. And then from there, uh, you can find out information about some free online workshops that we do. So you can attend them anywhere, anytime. Um, so you'll get the emails about it, but otherwise you can go to businessblueprint.com forward slash training and you'll be able to find uh, different events that we run, like how to find and hire a virtual assistant. There's one about how to build systems. There's one about the 90 minute marketing plan as well. There's another one called 52 ways to grow your business. So there's heaps of free training that you can attend that will really uh, help you. So um, yeah, um, you can go to the website or follow me on social medias. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, just uh, Google me as they say. Yeah. Awesome guys. Definitely check out Dal and uh, amazing resources that he's doing. And, and thank you to everyone for watching and listening to this show where we talk about everything on business growth. Uh, please like subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube as Ethan Cassiotis or visit my website, ethancassiotis.com. And if you want to grow, scale, cut costs and increase profit in your business, you can reach out to me on any platform to see if we're a good fit. And I completely agree with you or do I? The only way you know is if you tune in next time. So until next time, remember that our business grows when we learn skills and take action using them in spite of fear. So remember to design your growth and results.